Um, I'm Stephanie Martin and I'm the writer of Rage But Hope. I'm Scott Lacrasse and I'm the director of Rage But Hope. Hi, I'm Emma Davis. And I am Dior Clark. So tell me a little bit about this play, starting with its name. Okay, um, yeah, so Rose But Hope is like a series of monologues and there's, in each monologue there's different characters that kind of express their experiences about the climate issue, but within that, the world they live in and how that's affecting them or maybe how they came across it or yeah, was enlightened about the issue. That's mm. that. Yeah, some of them are actively involved in Extinction Rebellion. Some um, uh, sort of it, it c comes into their lives, um, or it's something they witness. It's it's not um, it's not about eight protesters. It's it's yeah, it's a varied um, yeah. group of people. And that's and that's what I suppose is nice about it as well is that it like you saying this like some of them are actively involved and then some of them have been enlightened so like the monologue that I'm doing my character um his background the world he's in he didn't really know much about it and he's very honest about that in his in his speech and then he also talks about some of the issues he's facing in the world that he lives in due to his upbringing his class and maybe why that maybe that's and that's the reason why he's not so wasn't so enlightened to the climate issue. So I found that quite interesting. Mm. That there's just so many different voices and I feel like it really does capture society and the different different people that may sit in this society. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a young police officer who is part of, um, you know, the, um, the police's involvement um, with um, the protests and um, her experiences. There's, you know, it's, a, it's really quite a, a large cross range. Mine is a lady who's probably never been on a protest mm. in her life and um, is uh, really changed by it in terms of the way she sees herself um, as well as um, the thoughts of, of, you know, her grandchildren. But she, it's, it makes her reflective of, of how she brought up her girls and what was important to her then. and and um, how that's shifted and how that affects her um, her marriage and where she is in her life now. So it's, it's, it's Stephanie's amazing. She manages to yeah. encompass in a you know relatively um, short amount of time and few words a, a very um, whole being and they're all interconnected by um, what's happened in the last sort of, you know, well, under 12 months yeah. with Extinction Rebellion and how it's, uh, it's, it, it's, you know, some characters are, are witnessing it from afar and, and having to sort of, it's finding they calibrate certain things um, 
by what they're witnessing, um, things that are very personal. Um, so it's, yeah. And I suppose what's more exciting about it as well is that, well, me personally, like when you hear about like, oh, let's go and watch a play about the climate issue, you just think, oh, global warming, the climate, but going on this journey and reading these speeches and seeing these characters, you actually do realise that it is a bigger, there's a bigger message in it and it's something that really is a, is affecting the world and it's gonna, and whether or not you're aware of it or not, it is going to affect you. So I think that's quite, that's been quite something that's enlightened me and been really interesting yeah. because you think you're gonna go there and you're just gonna hear about facts, about what global warming's doing, what recycling <laughs> doesn't do, but the reality is, is that know that the climate issue is part of our lives and part of this world that we're living in and it's it's tied into life and within those those different characters and those speeches we really get an in, in look into life. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be something the audience might be quite surprised, not surprised about, but not expecting to come in and meet these people and then hear yeah. about their deep experiences. Yeah. Yeah, there's no lecturing. There's yeah. no. It's it's it's, yeah. It's people reassessing and evaluating and um, with humour yeah. and with um, and with rage and with yeah, hope. rage and hope <laughs> and vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 from all walks of life, quite yeah. really quite varied. But but as everything, you know, humanity, a nice common thread. I remember when Steph was developing the play, she messaged me and she was like, so Dior, what do you think about the climate? And I started off by saying to her, I was like, if I'm honest, like I don't really have any idea about it. And like since meeting you, I've learned about it and I'm taking it more serious. And we built, we put a lot of myself into the speech. So my character is a black, well, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but black gay working class male from London. And within his speech, he speaks a, a lot about the inter sectionality that he faces, the different disc discriminations, whether that's from his community that doesn't really accept his sexuality, you know, being how, what it's like being a black man in London and his relationship with the police. And so it is very close to home. And when he's talking about these issues, he's kind of saying that, you know, every day I go through these different struggles and I face these different things. So why the hell would my mind even be focused on the climate issue? But then, I don't know if I'm giving it away, but, 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 but by the end of it, he has come to a realization that actually, you know, that this is something that affects his life and everything that he's worked for and he's been striving for in his life, you know, and overcoming these discriminations, well, if the world goes to end, then what was it all for? So that's what I mean about the whole thing. Like it ties into our lives. There's a bigger picture of it, whether we take notice of that or not. Mm. So for me, it's kind of been like a realization too, an yeah. interesting realization, yeah. but me realizing, actually maybe I do, I should yeah. or want yeah. to care about the climate more than just mm. the things that I think are my problems. Cause mm. we all have individual problems in life, but then this problem is a problem that whether we like it or not, we, we're, all, we're all sharing and we're all going to have to share our face one day. Yeah, absolutely. I think undoubtedly it, it does have that sort of impact because Steph has sort of written about lovely, in, in the monologue that I'm doing, there are little mm -hmm. minutiae details of her life that, um, that sort of are easy to, to, to sort of, you know, understand. And then, 
you know, and her fears as well. And and you sort of think, yeah, it's it's um, and anything that's talking about it positively, and it is positive, is is um, it it stays with you and, mm. and lands with you. So I've definitely felt that. I mean, I came into it um, having Jilly was part of um, the um, one of the characters that that when um, Steph originally did it um, in Edinburgh and the actress doing that couldn't do it. So I came in. So um, Julie was very fully formed. Um, and um, I, yeah, I just read one paragraph mm -hmm. and went, mm, yes, please. <laughs> she's great. She's great because she's, um, she's probably the idea of, of, of um, you know, there's this sort of, um, pretty well sort of written about oh you know uh, middle class Sainsbury's shopping uh, wait, wait Rose M&S sort of you know shopping um, doesn't really want for much has the time to spare will you know and and so some of the you know uh, accusations that have been levied against uh, Extinction Rebellion she kind of she sort of um, epitomizes a character like that, in a sense, that's the, of which there have been, you know, I, I've read some various yeah. things about sort of, you know, you know, her not thinking twice about ooh, being arrested. Well, I'll do that then, because it doesn't really hold the the, the fear in the yeah. same way, because she's never done, you know, she's never had an altercation with the police. She's never had a, um, uh, which is not to to actually say what she's doing isn't incredibly worthy. But her standpoint from it yeah. is one of, um, I can only see the positive in this, yeah. uh, which is different from everybody's in the, yeah. you know, everyone comes to it with a, a, a very different history. And yes, so... Um, I suppose, yeah, that's what's interesting yeah. because then... Yeah, so because our, our characters come from quite a... Very different background. And yeah. I mean, just, they just have different experiences and I suppose different yeah. relationships. And it's it's sort of and it's also quite easy to sort of um, harangue someone for doing the right thing because it's an easy thing to do, mm. but they're doing something, you know. Yeah. And what you make of them is is you know will be interesting to see. But yeah, there's there's um, I think Steph's just created an incredible um, mm. incredible cross section in in eight characters. It seems to encompass. Um, a lot of standpoints and uh, and yeah Julie I that that seemed to be a fairly ongoing sort of criticism well it's all very well if you can afford to sit there or you can afford to do as, as often you know middle-class middle-aged people who you know took the call to arms and, and went um, she sort of I suppose is as close as fitting to um, the sort of person they would have been writing about what was your own perspective and has it changed well I just thought incredible you know um, has it changed um, I think it's made everything more present by mm. simply being involved with with um, Steph's idea and 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 um, everything she has um, brought to this from from Extinction Rebellion and it's um, yeah, it's it, it has it's 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 made it more present. It's made it it's made it more there. It's almost like you're able to actually be like, okay, no, this. You're, you're, I suppose cause you're focusing on it, so you're more aware of it. Yeah, I mean, I I sort of found myself on the train sitting, thinking, I remember being at school mm. in the sort of mid '80s, 
And it was like, well, there's a hole in the ozone layer. Don't use hairspray. That was the conversation in the playground. What does that mean, there's a hole in the ozone layer? And I'm thinking, that's 30 years ago. What happened when we knew that was scientific yeah. fact? And, 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 and I think, you know, the, the timing is that, that science is telling us this is an issue and everything is very slow. And the lovely thing about, about doing it in a form of monologue is there's a real intimacy to them that, that, that um, each character shares things that they wouldn't necessarily share if we were all on stage together because there's no facade. They're just having an honest moment that the audience shares with them. And, um, and then there is, yes, towards the end of the play, there is um, uh, a moment when we are all together, um, not necessarily as the same characters, but um, uh, yeah, that, that sort of sharing is, is, um, is, I think is what has attracted, I feel possibly what has attracted people to join other people who have gone, I'm gonna sit there today and and so peacefully and um, and do this 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 shared moment mm. um, is is hopefully what will what we'll be able to yeah. access and you know and for people to kind of just see like this is something that is affecting that will affect my life and that I should that I should care about mm. because we should. <laughs> Like, yeah, so I, I think we really should. And it definitely has, yeah, it has changed me in ways and it sounds so petty, but like, honestly, I would like throw litter on the floor. I wouldn't recycle. And now every single time I go to like, I'm, even I'm drinking out of like a Costa coffee cup or something and I go to throw it on the floor, automatically Rosebud Hope comes into my head. <laughs> Steph yeah, comes into my head. Yeah. Whereas before, like genuinely, like yeah. I wouldn't, I didn't care and like even, for me, I remember hearing in school, global warming, global warming, but not actually knowing what global warming was, just knowing that, well, in my mind, the world's getting, the temperature's rising. Mm. But now actually realising that it is, it's real. And I don't, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people realise, and I don't think a lot of people realise it's real. I think their minds are so focused on other things and there's so many other interests and things that take over people's lives whether that's personal, whether that's material things, but they don't actually realise that this issue is real. Mm. I think that's why when um, a, a lot of the children, mm. we have um, family in New Zealand and they, um, uh, young nephews, school strike. They all went um, on their school strike. And I think there is something that's been very powerful about um, children doing that. Um, and again, it's, 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 it's even coming out yeah. of it and, and sort of thinking, uh, you know, I, I remember sort of leaving the house and going, no, my water bottle, because that's, and actually spotting how many people have water bottles on the train and thinking, I don't think I've ever seen so many people do that. So it's just yeah. the conversation that's so helpful, whether it's just more people with their own, yours, <laughs> down there, water bottles. Um, as you say, just little things. Yeah, the, the, the small things that start this brilliant domino yeah. effect of thinking. You know, why am I doing that? Do I need that? Do I want that? Mm. Is that necessary? And and you know, that's. I I think 
managing to be, because of the as I say the quite confessional nature particularly of, of, of sort of um, well I think all of them probably as I say yeah. I only really have <laughs> I only know mine Jilly's is is that done with um, with uh, uh, hopefully honesty and and, and humour it's it's nicer to absorb that information as well yeah there's a gentleness to that because these people are livid the ones that are protesting they are but the the message is is you know let's be gentle to the planet it's gentle and it's and and stuff's um, infused it with such you know lovely humor um and all that's it's a nice way to for it to sit yeah for it to sit with people like yeah. I suppose, with the disadvantage of not yeah. having heard the others yet, but but understanding the the framework of the piece, um, I can't wait to see everybody else. And to sometimes that's the best way for it to sit, where it's not almost like fact, 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 fact. Yeah. Here's a lesson. This is all the facts. When we're, we're in a science class, but just a like a conversation between human beings, and I suppose that's what Steph's managed to do really well. Mm. She's made it. You're, you, you're, you feel while you are you're sharing intimate moments with real people on stage that hopefully a lot of people can relate to mm. and relate to some of the lives they live and within that mm. and, and even, yeah oh, I'm sorry no 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 it's fine but I was going to say even like Steph for instance that's how I got aware of it you know she didn't I didn't go to like a pr protest or a class but just a, you know a friend talking and realising that oh actually this is something that mm. matters so yeah, yeah no it's interesting because mm. i was i was thinking sort of um uh, climate change was always something i was kind of sort of thinking of in terms of um you know lost habitats and and things like that and it and it's really interesting with all these extraordinary weather patterns we're having and you know you know big portion of our country is under horrible flood and you know fire fires raging in you know approaching Sydney on the other side of the world and it's just sort of um, it's important these things are are put into this forum as as well as every forum in other than in broadcast news which is vital obviously but um, but it's a really lovely forum to hear this I think how can I say this about Steph's writing there's a real realness to it which is like, honesty yeah, yeah absolutely. like there's just I don't absolutely. know how much to take like there's a realness to it there's honesty there, there's mm. I feel like she's very good at capturing real people yeah it I, feels really immediate and that's yeah. not just because it's the subject matter no. it's it's the text it's it, it is the text really immediate. because that's not always easy to do and you know as actors yeah. like sometimes you do pick up scripts and you're reading it and you, you work on it and you get there, but it's, it's, it's very rare and it's like gold and magic when you can literally pick up a script and you see the words and you just start reading them and the words are already almost doing the job, yeah, just job for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I've just realised I've, I've left out a vital character. I was introduced to Stephanie by um, an actress called Venice Van Sumeren, who I had worked with previously. And Venice was part of... Uh, the cast who went to Edinburgh because she had worked with Steph before and knew her really well and when this other actress wasn't available Venice thought of me. Venice plays our um, schoolgirl protester mm -hmm. um, so we do have um, the young protesters um, 
covered. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Scott, and I'm not just saying that because you know that I know. I really do, and I think even going over the monologue, he he made me look at different things that I hadn't, I wouldn't necessarily drawn upon. Because it's really funny as well. I used this speech for um, a drama school, my drama school panel, because I needed to find a monologue, and it was perfect. So I had worked on some of like a smaller version with another director. So then coming into it again, it's almost like relearning it because I'm relearning all the parts, but then he really made me approach it in a different way. So I think he's really good at, yeah, I, I like, he's really good at, yeah, he's just good. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Lovely working with Scott. Yeah. What do you hope an audience would take away from this show? Um... Just the fact that it sounds so We're bland. all in it together. Well, yeah, we're all in it together. Um, we can all do something and, and we should all support each other. And the reality is, and it sounds so blunt, and it's aligned within what my character says, but the reality is, is if that we don't do something about it, the world is going to end. That's, and that's the hard hitting, maybe not for a lot of people now, because that's what I think a lot of people live in the present, so they're like, I was fine, I won't live to see that, but, you know, your kids will, the generations, the generations, the generations, there won't be a world for them. So what is the point of all the, all the things that we've worked for, that we've built, you know, careers, these houses, these buildings, this camera that's filming this now. But honestly, all these things would have been for nothing. And I think coming together as a, a community and, as people, despite our differences, our different walks of lives, um, things we might not agree on, but you know, don't you wanna, don't you, don't you wanna save this world? And that's even a big realization I actually had to have as well. But the world, it sounds so cliche, but the world will end. No, absolutely. And, and there's a lot going on in life, isn't there? There's mm. a lot to contend with and, um, And we can also look at this with, um, I mean, I, I hope also, and I'm sure people mm. will be entertained and, and and amused, but with every great play, you know, you would also take something back that is, gives you a lot of um, food for thought. And and so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, and hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll be a character, character that they connect to. And very often with a character you like, and I, you know, this happens very often, particularly in books, you're like, oh, this person, I love this character. It's like, oh, they've done that. Oh. And there's that, you know, and that's yeah. life. Um, but, but yes, and, and it's very unusual to, I would have thought, to have a play where you have such a cross-section of people. Yeah, very. Um, and as I said, because of their monologues, there's an intimacy of me not having to make myself understood to Venice's character, who is 12, or, you know, by talking directly. Um, so to have all these eight facets of, of um, humanity on one stage for quite a relatively short period of time is really nice it's like a really nice bit of quality street isn't it or something that is yeah. that, that 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 connect that, that connect as we all do i think it's a i think it's such a lovely uh, construct and such a great way of 
you know, because everybody's coming at the cl climate crisis uh, from a different angle, and and some people are maybe more animal focused, or or the you know a, a, a much more uh, aware of the science of it, or recycling, or whatever. And and it just it's just giving a lovely. Um, it's like view. a lot, yeah, view yeah. of voices. View of voices, which is um, hopefully will be really nice to receive. And, and you know, there'll be something. I, I wouldn't dare to presume what people will take home. I just hope that they are, um, they, they have lots of, you know. And do you know what else might, I think might be nice as well? Like for people, to, because they get to see such a range of different voices um, and different lives and different walks and different experiences, just to almost take away just a, like a bit of maybe a bit of understanding about a little less judgment. Yeah, a little less judgment and the, and the different things that different people face. So for instance, from my perspective, like maybe seeing a monologue, like a, mo a speech from like your character, then I won't be so like, oh, why don't, like I, I could understand maybe a bit about your walk of life and that maybe the things you face and not that I carry all the problems or not like someone like my character carries all the problems like we don't, all we don't own all the problems in the world everyone has different things they face and just because your thing might seem bigger to you it's not as it's as big to that person as well so just a different like so so yeah a bit more understanding and realizing that we we all are kind of yeah one and we're all connected in some way and we all kind of should kind yeah yeah just work to unite and mm. Unite a bit, because we're all human. Yeah, you don't have to be sort of part yeah. of a club <laughs> yeah. to 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 do something. Everyone, you know, can just put all their just pause for a minute and yeah. think. Just pause for a minute. And, yeah, have a little think, um, and um, yeah, and people may be um, you know out protesting that you go, oh, well this, or oh, I judge you on that, or I judge you on this, but mm. maybe just listen. We don't listen enough. Yeah, and it's the <laughs> small things that matter. I don't think, you know, we lovely if everyone watch, people watch and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but it's the tiny, it's just that tiny switch well, of like awareness. it's like the water bottle, isn't it? Yeah. I remember, I remember being a kid and going, so Perrier's come out and everybody's really interested in buying bottled water. Why? And thinking, well, whoever thought of that? I mean, oh, I'm going to sell bottled water. You think, what's that about? I remember thinking, I don't know how they've made that work, yeah. because I, you know, London, you just drink your, you know, God knows what's <laughs> in it, London water, and it makes your hair go frizzy, and you love it, whatever. But, and now, of course, it's sort of, it's taken a bit of a long time for us to go, why are we carrying bottled water? <laughs> why? Um, mm. I, the horror show that is, is plastic, islands of plastic floating in the Indonesian Ocean and things like that, and you sort of think, it was that was incredible. Blue Planet, Blue Planet came out, and suddenly, talk about woke. That was incredible, and so it's, and that was a very gently told with startling imagery, obviously, but, you know, that was a very gentle educational tool that had the most phenomenal ripple effect of making us all go, what, um, yeah, so, it's always good to talk about it and yeah. hopefully even better to listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs>
So tell me a little bit about the play. What is it? It is a study of the effects of the climate crisis and the Extinction Rebellion movement on uh, lots of different people from different walks of life and how a growing awareness of the climate catastrophe and the work of Extinction Rebellion, how that's affected people. So it's really up to the minute in terms of reflecting you know, what's been going on this year, um, which I think is quite exciting. Like mm -hmm. It could not be any more things ch almost some of the script has ed has changed a lot almost day by day when when new new stories or things have happened you know it's really about what's happening sort of yesterday today tomorrow it's mm -hmm. really immediate and the stories are very um human they're very uh it's about how how people actually really feel about what is happening and it's not just it's not just facts it's about kind of how it's affected relationships with other people and it's about what they're doing to to make make a difference yeah it's a, it's a very human story it's just a very very human story and it really sort of it shows how uh the climate crisis is individually um affecting people in terms of what that how how it's changing their lives yeah. and, and it's changing their mentality and the changes are often very unexpected. I think a lot of the ways that the sort of the climate crisis, the Extinction Rebellion movement, the effects um, are not the ones you'd expect. So one of our characters ends up falling in love with somebody that they would never have met um, in a million years if it wasn't for uh, what's happened in the last sort of six, nine months, which is a sort of, I, I think, quite a... I, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go and watch a play about the climate crisis. So I'm, when I'm talking about the play, I really want to make everybody aware that it's not worthy or sanctimonious. It's very um, provocative and questioning and critical and satirical about um, the movement and about different people's perspectives and involvements. I think sometimes, I think a play with such a sort of specific topic could come across, you know, I mean, if you want me to lecture you about the climate crisis for 80 minutes then I'll do that but this is not what the play is no <laughs> it's sort of quite unexpected in how it the, the the surprising the surprising human stories that have come out of the last what is it six months of this growing awareness of um, what's going on in terms of the, the the headlines we're hearing like civilization will fall apart by 2050 you know there's so much uh, it's a lot to deal with and the way it's kind of affecting people I think is interesting it's sort of the play is almost about rebirth and this idea when you're being told that the world's going to end actually it reminds you that you want to live in the world which I think is the main thing that's come out mm -hmm. of it in our, after our Edinburgh run which was very short and very sort of like rushed together a lot of the feedback we had which was lovely was how uplifting the play was and I think, again, that's perhaps not what you'd expect from a play that deals with such a frightening, anxiety-inducing topic that actually it's, it really makes you want to be alive. It kind of goes, well, look how fun the world can be and look how many wonderful things you can do. So, like, let's maybe try and stop it from falling apart because actually life's brilliant is, is I think, how a lot of it comes across, which I think is probably quite surprising. Yeah, I think as well, in, when we think about sort of... Um, 
how our our country but also the world is very divided it's an interesting um look at how this one thing is very uniting galvanizing mm-hmm. for people and how it brings people together and it how it makes people feel feel part of something together yeah and that community how often that's absent in sort of contemporary and it's a shared experience it's uh it's a lived experience it's uh it it shows just how people who would never in a million years meet each other Mm -hmm. or ever interact how they can unite and come together over something that affects us all and Mm -hmm. actually um from a personal perspective what's been really interesting in working on this is um through the the research that you sent me the research that i've been doing things that i was kind of ignorant to myself and have just really started to become a lot more conscious and i think it is that that idea that it's provocative it's about getting you to think about things from a slightly different perspective Mm -hmm. yeah and sort of um yeah i think as well it goes far beyond the climate crisis and extinction rebellion in terms of it's a kind of almost a state of the nation play about how we've been encouraged to live over the last 30 40 years a theme that keeps coming up is this idea of you know how the accepted the accepted um morality of the last 30 to 40 years has sort of like done well done a lot of damage to the planet in terms of the sort of rabid capitalism rabid growth has really damaged both the planet and um, and, and sort of individuals in the community and how actually the climate crisis has has woken up a lot of our characters um, and a, you know, a lot of people to think, hang on, I think we're doing this all wrong. You know, EasyJet announced a couple of days ago that they're going to carbon offset all of their flights, which is brilliant. Now, why that wasn't the given from the start is slightly illogical, isn't it? Like, of course, we ha- you should clear up after yourselves. You should take responsibility for what you're doing and the fact is is that this year we've kind of had this consciousness shift in maybe a realization that how we've a lot of how we've done things is actually really is illogical and wrong like of course a, a co- of course um uh you know a company like easyjet from day one should have been you know offsetting everything you know it's like you clean up after yourself don't you you take responsibility for what you're what you're doing and nobody has I mean not nobody but you know it's not been the sort of accepted normal way of of sort of business as usual I think that's really interesting yeah. I think because on if you think about it on a kind of corporate large scale it's about responsibility mm. it's about a collective responsibility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I also think that that is massively throughout the whole play yeah about about our individual responsibility mm-hmm. to do something but also it's about apathy and about how we've been allowed to, allowed to be it. apathetic for such a long time. It's not my problem. How can I as an individual make a difference? Yeah. And actually, if, you think, if you're thinking about just yourself as an individual, I think that's, that's kind of losing sight of, what it, uh, of everything. It's, it can, as an individual, yes, you are only one person, but when you put all of those individuals together, mm-hmm. that's when something big yeah. can shift. And actually, it's really good for you, like community and helping each other out and taking responsibility makes everyone happy. And we've not been encouraged to do that, it seems, from my you know tiny perspective where I'm sitting. It's not been the norm for everybody to, at corporate level, at individual level, to really prioritise community and responsibility. 
And I think the last six months have made people wake up and go, hang on, why, why, how have we got to this point? And actually it's not worked, it's made, you know, mental health crises, it's, it's created this, obviously, you know, the, the, the facts of the climate crisis by thousands and thousands of scientists are inarguable. You know, it hasn't worked, so maybe there is another way, and how can we, how can we do that? How can we individually and encouraging like government and corporate change, which is obviously, you know, the most important by far. You know, how have we gone so wrong and how can we carry on with, you know, and it's really encouraging at the moment because I see so many um, adverts based around sustainability now. You know, in the, in the, you know the, there was the back page of a magazine I saw yesterday, which was a, a company, a sort of like Uber star company doing something eco you know companies are now advertising themselves as carbon neutral as sustainable so change is obviously happening and it should have happened from day one right like it's makes sense to mm -hmm. you know to, to make up you know to uh to take res responsibility for the mess that you make yeah um, but yeah so the play kind of goes above the specific climate crisis and the um in the extinction rebellion and kind of it's a state of the nation look at how maybe the last however many years that the, our, our common, the morally accepted consciousness of how we all behave, you know, perhaps hasn't really worked and perhaps there's a way of moderating that. And the play covers kind of more radical and more um, centrist attitudes to how we can move forward, which is a really interesting um, dynamic, actually. And, and, you know, with the Extinction Rebellion movement, there's obviously like a huge... So as a decentralised movement, it has a, an absolute multitude of voices in it, you know, which means there's lots of different people having lots of different attitudes and opinions on how, you know, how to activate change. And there's like a line in the play, I think, which is, so what are you asking me to do? Just remember my um, canvas bag when I go to Waitrose, or are you asking for the dismantling of capitalism globally? You know, which is quite a fun question like what 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 is it what is the way forward from this point we know where we are it ain't good you know and some people really are that radical and other people just want to sort of maybe more you know just remember your bag when you go to waitrose mm. remember your reusable cup like is that going to make any difference i think it starts <laughs> with with initially being more mindful that's the first yeah. step of being conscious Awareness. and aware yeah. of something and then and then one of the characters, um, one of the younger characters in it, who's a school, a school girl, she talks about um, if I can pack my bag in the morning properly and like make sure that I'm using things that are, that are a kind right of choices. the right choices. If I can do it as a child, you can do it as an adult. It just takes you a few extra minutes just to be a bit more prepared. Mm -hmm. So just those little things, um, I think, I'm I'm hoping that it, it is sort of in terms of it being provocative, people will take yeah. that and and go away thinking a little bit more. Yeah, I mean I hope it will do its very small part to help with this shift in consciousness about what where our morality lies now in 2019 in terms of how we, you know, what's an acceptable way to behave now that we know the situation we're in. You know, and how we as individuals can act accordingly to the facts and to the, you know, to the, to the headlines and to the statistics. You know, what, 
how do we move forward now? Do we allow ourselves to carry on as we have been before, knowing that that those behaviours have led us to this point? You know, is it our responsibility? Again, the play sort of deals with the kind of idea of obviously individual responsibility versus corporate responsibility and how obviously like me remembering my reusable cup is could not be any more of a drop in the ocean in terms of making a difference. And then what is our individual re uh, responsibility? Is it our individual responsibility to take governments and um, hold them to account and corporations? Is that our responsibility or is that the corporate responsibility and they just need to get on with that and we, we're allowed to sort of sit back and say, oh, well, it's not, it's nothing to do with me because, you know, it's the corporates, it's government, I can't, I'm an individual. But then is it also individual responsibility to to take those organisations to account mm. is quite an interesting question. And I think it, it sort of covers all of these things in 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 debate and in in sort of a lot of conflict about what's what's the way forward. Mm. Yeah, and it covers a lot about the Extinction Rebellion movement in terms of both really celebrating all the achievements as well as um, examining a lot of the I suppose a lot of the criticisms that Extinction Rebellion has had in terms of, <clears throat> you know, who the movement appears to be for, who it's run by, certain methods and certain, um, you know, ways of protesting that can exclude, you know, certain parts of the community. So the play is very much a, you know, celebration of people power and, you know, what incredible achievement Extinction Rebellion has had in a short, you know, going in a year to go to a sort of global brand, as it were, really is 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 pretty impressive, and mm. all the sort of all of their amazing work, while also, you know, critiquing what happens when you have an enormous organisation with so many people in it that is decentralised, that you're gonna, you know, have these moments of you know, somebody doing something in the name of Extinction Rebellion that basically everyone in Extinction Rebellion completely disagrees with. The Canning Town Tube incident, you know, it was a real, like, the day before that happened, you know, every single person was saying, please, 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 please don't target the tubes. Of course, targeting the tubes is a nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. You're only gonna get in the way of ordinary people trying to go to work. Also, the tube is obviously a really good, <laughs> You know, as transports go, it, you know, in the day before, everyone's going, please, 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 please don't do this. If anyone's thinking of doing anything with the tube, please, it's obviously a really terrible idea. And then a tiny faction went ahead with it, and that caused this enormous press backlash, public backlash, media backlash, <coughs> understandably, because a small group of people were doing something in the name of Extinction Rebellion, which they're permitted to do, because, of course, one of the benefits of having an organisation, you know, with so many different factions means that it can spread really quickly and people have ownership and autonomy and that's wonderful. But then when the tube, you know, the tube incident happened and everybody was, you know, it was awful. It was such a frustrating thing to watch mm. happening, actually. I think with how, any yeah. any movement, you sort of have a sort of, if, if something within that movement, if you get like a small faction that does something that um, isn't, isn't the best choice to make, what I also think happens is that the media then focus on that very small yeah. thing. So the thing that's deemed as being negative or bad or wrong. Or foolish, and, yeah. Or foolish yeah, and yeah. forget about the bigger picture. 
I mean, I think it's a classic media thing. They focus on sometimes on a small detail yeah. or something yeah. and forget about the wider scope of something. Because actually, people have moaned about the inconvenience of getting to work. What happens if you... 40 years 50 years down the line there isn't it isn't nothing exists yeah. so you can't in that momentary thing about complaining about being delayed of getting to work what the people who have been protesting of doing is actually it can be seen as being selfish but it's the opposite yeah. it's the exact opposite yeah, yeah. it's doing something so selfless because it's not just about them it's about everybody that they're doing this mm. for mm -hmm. yeah yeah so the play really covers, you know, the sort of all of the successes and all of the sort of surprising um, joys that have come out of, you know, m the movement with community and people coming together and how wonderful that is, as well as obviously, you know, examining, you know, the, how problematic it is to have arrest, being arrested as, as such a main part of your methods when that is, you know, is or is not an accessible or an appropriate thing for for everybody to do and how kind of thoughtless that is there's a really you know um the first and last monologue of the play cover that issue specifically um and there's also a part of the play where we see um we see a court a courtroom so we see four people who've been arrested for extinction rebellion which i think is a really brilliant um and sort of real moment in history that we're in at the moment that so you have four very four four people with a lot to lose four people who are not the metropolitan liberal elite which i think is how extinction rebellion has been painted a lot of the time um which is simply not the case um so it's you know sort of showing the reality behind exactly as you say what the press has chosen to focus on showing the reality of these four people from all over the country who you know have everything to lose really don't come from a place of privilege where you know everything will sort of be okay because you know that's their background but who have been absolutely driven to commit you know to commit a, a crime in order to get their message across because they can't think of any other they've done the petitions they've done the marches nothing's working and the only way they can think of doing their bit to prevent the catastrophe is is to be arrested and, and all the stress and all the anxiety and the costs and the you know the the troubles associated with what that is especially you know a lot of the people that I um, observed in court were saying you know I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a law-abiding citizen I'm not a rule breaker I really you know I, I, I'm a good person like I just had to do this because I can't think of any other way to really try and stop something that I know that I'm basing on so much evidence is going to be really really terrible and I have grandchildren and I can't sleep at night if I'm not if I haven't said to myself I'm doing everything I can and this is my last resort and I'm really upset um you know it was it was an incredible thing to witness and I thought that's got to go in the play you know because I don't think that's being reported properly and wild and widely mm. you know there's been so many articles saying oh extinction rebellion is just a whole lot of hippies looking for something to you know the next outdoor rave to go to did it, you know all that sort of stuff and actually what I've witnessed particularly in that court was the most you know such a, so opposite to that the reality is that it's 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 people from all walks of life actually and, and I don't know why the media don't want to show that
because that's really interesting that it's not just people who are seasoned protesters or seasoned activists it's somebody from you know the middle of um, a tiny rural Welsh village you know who's come all the way to London and really put a lot on the line in order to because she's compelled to because she believes so so strongly in in the cause and that she has to you know she has to do everything she possibly can we need to get that story out there yeah i think that's, that's also really interesting to kind of think about about what what actually drives someone it must be important if someone is driven and mm -hmm. compelled to do, to do yeah. something like that that could jeopardize a lot of things yeah. for them people who i don't know who work with children or yeah. If they, if they risk getting a criminal record, that could be yeah. that could be the end of their careers. Yeah. And I think to to people who are risking so much, what they are risking it for has to be really thought. It yeah. has to be thought about, especially when they've got they don't come from a cushion of privilege. Absolutely, you know that really serious, really serious stuff. So I'm really excited to get that story out because I'm not seeing it mm -hmm. often enough because it's sort of sort of incredible actually what's happening so that's I think that's the sort of the the real climax of of the play in our final scene mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I think it's I think it's a play which really celebrates and sort of makes people want to be alive which perhaps isn't what you'd automatically think with a play about climate change <laughs> um, so I really you know I hope that that comes across as much as possible that you know it's a play that shows you know that it's important to save the planet in order that we can all carry on having a lovely time yeah. <laughs> um, and you know all of the different effects and sort of brand new the brand new 2019 human situations that have grown out of you know, whether it's people protest, you know, there's a woman who's lived a very closeted life and has become a pretty radical protester and that has made her feel like a once in a lifetime purpose and adrenaline and, you know, thrill like she's never felt before. Whether it's the person that falls in love, um, you know, all of that sort of, those unexpected, the unexpected sort of, um, Consequences, what do I mean? I don't mean mm. consequence. Effects, I've said effects too many times. Uh -huh. What do I mean? The unexpected revelations. Yeah, revelations and rebirths that have come from in this, in this last six months. That everybody's kind of gone, oh, okay, the world's ending. Oh, right, okay, what are we going to do about that? Okay, let's get together. Oh, right, this is really wonderful. Community's really wonderful. Having a purpose is really mm. wonderful. Doing something is, you know, something so pure and so totally good in its... Mm in its purpose actually, which we yeah. cover in the play, this idea of, of we're not, it's not terribly cool to be earnest, is it? Or to be sort of really, it's all, it feels quite, the characters can feel quite evangelical. The only thing I could, um, we've talked a bit about this, haven't we? That they feel like they're really kind of, I'm gonna save your soul from burning, like that kind of really impassioned. Passioned, incensed. Religious fervor that can come from you know, really wanting, really, really wanting to make a difference. 
and it doesn't really have a you know it's sort of getting on the side of of good I suppose yeah that that perhaps isn't terribly like cool and it's not cool to be earnest and um, is it it's sort of cool to be withering and oh well I think actually it's this isn't it rather than just going okay we've got a problem okay let's let's get together let's yeah. fix it you know let's just let's just do that rather than sort of sitting back and making withering sarcastic comments about a topic yeah it's just sort of like let's just mobilize and get together and see how we can be positive and constructive rather than sitting back and, and not doing anything and not doing anything and being kind of apathetic apathetic and, and, and um, oh well it's this dismissive. Isn't it? dismissive and critical I think as well like the, as the as, as the title says it is about it is about people's frustration their mm -hmm. anger their their kind of passion mm -hmm. to kind of speak out and to act out but it's also a play about hope. It's about yeah. it's, a, it's it's a play that also says something can be done. Yeah. Because actually, I think that's I think it is like one of the characters says it's a cop out to go. Well, can't really do anything now. Yeah, I'll just probably leave it actually because I. Uh, yeah. I've got a uh, got holiday just, to go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it also there's a, there's a really fun scene where we see both sides of it and where one of the characters like, when did you last get on a plane? Go on. When did you? And the person says, oh, actually, I went to a wedding in Portugal. Oh, well, you know, got you. I win. You're a hypocrite. So it kind of covers all of the, you know, all of that stuff as well, which I think is important. Mm. Like, it's not sort of like propagandist at all. Yeah. It's sort of going like, how do we, oh, yeah, I've got to go to a wedding in Spain. Like, what am I going to do? Well, I've got to go. Okay, is that okay? Can I get away with that? Even though I know that planes are terrible what am I going to do you know it, it, it's all those questions as well you know it's not sort of like here we all are holier than now you know we have to exist within a system and if that system is you know how what's that quote there can be no there can be no moral choice in capitalism or something like that terrible terrible paraphrasing <laughs> <laughs> so maybe just time to go and live in the woods in a hut I'm up for it if you I'm totally up for it <laughs> two Capricorns in a we heart. discovered we were both Capricorns you see and then it all made sense yeah it all made sense of course we're both Capricorns that's why such a you know bonded creative team yeah. so uh, Flora who's one of the cast um, had was quite involved in the Easter not Easter April probably was Easter April um, uprising and she came to me and sort of, I think they'd, they'd done some sort of street theatre and, you know, how to use theatre to sort of spread the message. And she sort of commissioned me and said, oh, do you want to write something for this? And then I started researching climate crisis and I had a sort of meltdown. Where I was like, sorry, hold on, the world's ending. Is this something we should all be a bit more worried about? So I went through this first couple of weeks when I started writing the play of um, Absolute Despair, which was my first sort of real, like, going down the rabbit hole of... Um, of you know where we are right now and yeah and then we started we sort of about thought about different you know all the different voices that are involved and you know some of the sort of doubters and some of the zealots and writing a really balanced you know we've got several characters who are met police we've got an 11 year old a 70 year old people from different you know cultural backgrounds so yeah so flora kind of gave me the first um let's do a play about this and then it just sort of quite easily you know came with all my research and all my sort of real int sudden interest and sudden real passion and 
um, fascination and kind of despair at the subject matter. It felt really, really urgent um, and really, really necessary. And I know we shouldn't use urgent when describing theatre because it's, it's a bit tacky, isn't it? But this play is urgent, <laughs> so there we go. Right, the characters, um, as ever, all my characters are blends and combinations of everyone I know, so watch out. Okay, noted. N watch out. <laughs> Nothing is off the record. See, it's see all player. going in. <laughs> it's all going in. Um, it, yeah, it was inspired by lots and lots of different real life people that I met, that I spoke to, that I read about. So I read lots of newspaper articles or talk to lots of people who were involved and then kind of blend them all together. So nobody is, I'm not getting sued, like nothing is too realistic, but it's all a sort of, you know, like what was interesting was the real life story of this, this like love story between um, a homeless guy and one of the protesters and they met and fell in love and had this relationship and I thought well that's just what, an, what a, a lovely thing to have come out of it you know so that inspired one of the stories and then all of the school strikers and how kind of how passionate all the kind of year six year seven age group has been became one of the other characters and then I thought sort of filled the gaps of you know the the missing parts of the state of the nation, as well as the real life people that I stole from. There's interesting connections as well, how the yeah. characters sort of are connected. That's really, I find that quite interesting, yeah. and how there's kind of echoes from different yeah. characters in their experience or on what they do and what they say, and that's really beautiful in the play. The similarities, especially with different ages. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. honesty. And the captors. Yeah. Tell me about the Edinburgh production and how it was received. So it was very, very quick. Scott wasn't with us, which is heartbreaking to even <laughs> imagine. Um, so we sort of, I, I, I can't remember how quickly we did it, but Extinction Rebellion were given a space at Summerhall to curate for the fringe. Um, so all of a sudden we had this space and this slot and Extinction Rebellion Edinburgh were wonderful and hosted us and you know and, and we sort of managed to get eight people a couple who were already up there and another I think six everybody just wanted to come up and do it which was so wonderful and I suppose a nice example of um, sort of mo how you can mobilize and people power quite quickly went okay I want to do a play going to get involved, Extinction Rebellion, okay, it's these dates, can we all do it? Okay, let's do it. All right, we're doing it. And it was this kind of, we didn't have a director, I don't think we even rehearsed it. Poor actors. Just sort of read it through a few times, then they were on. Um, which, you know, was brilliant of their sort of generosity and their kind of care for each other and care for the topic rather than anything else, which was lovely, you know, a lovely energy to have. And then we just, yeah, we had four brilliant performances at Summer Hall, which is such a great venue with so many brilliant sort of new plays and the feedback was you know I think that the uplifting thing which I was really delighted about kept coming up I think people were like oh I've got to watch a play about the climate is this going to be miserable is it just going to be Steph you know lecturing me for an hour and actually it was very, it's very funny as well yeah it's it very funny. funny it is funny it's eight people you know the satire of it and the sort of the hope part of it, as well as this processing of the anger and processing like, hang on, how have we got to this point? They've, the powers that be have known about this for 40 years. 
how have we got here? I'm really, really cross about this, but also, okay, come on, we can, let's, let's, let, right, let's, how are we going to get through the next day? Let's be positive, yeah. let's, yeah, so the feedback I'm sort of going, the, the uplifting and the, and the humour of it and the, it being fun rather than a chore to watch. Yeah. Was really encouraging. You don't feel like you're being lectured at all. I hope not. <laughs> and then after that, how did Scott get involved? We met a few years ago. Yeah, we worked together a few years ago when Steph was an actor in a piece that I directed. And we sort of just stayed in contact. Yeah. And then... I saw you... No, I saw your brilliant um, country music. Yes. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we, that sort of ignited a sort of oh, hello. a conversation. Let's oh, something. hi, let's do something. Um, and then this came up, yeah, and nice. I read the script and was like, "Yes, this is amazing," <laughs> because I, I I really like human stories. I really like authentic um, voices where you really feel like the characters are vivid and the stories and the experiences are a kind of real and honest and and that's what's really lovely because as well as we learn about the characters lives we learn about who they are and where they're coming from and what their own experience of life is mm. um and yeah that's sort of how we going back to how we sort of met which kind of a conversation that we just started having has it changed your perception or impact the, of the climate crisis oh yeah massively I also go day by day where I'm like oh, it's just too much like I, I sometimes side with the different characters like sometimes I feel like a real evangelical like you know really full of like real fervour and real and real like sanctimonious anger as well so I feel myself having days like that where I think I'm so cross with everyone and everything for everything everyone's doing which is not helpful and is really hypocritical and really sanctimonious and um, just unpleasant and then I have some days where I'm more like the antagonistic characters where I'm like oh it'll be fine won't it because they'll just sort it out and the headlines are hysterical and it's catastrophizing and you know I mean it's cold today like <laughs> I suppose I sort of swing between you know and the, the sort of slight fatigue I think after especially with the election coming up you know maintaining a level of real passion and dedication to the cause is an interesting feeling with this version mm. of the play post the October rebellion, you mm. know, and the sort of differences with that and, and lots of people I speak to are just like, I'm just fed up with it, you know, and how to sort of maintain a, a momentum, you know, in order to yeah. really help activate change. Because I think the thing with Extinction Rebellion is, like them or, or, or loathe them, the, the, the contribution that they've made that has meant that EasyJet has announced this, that, you know, other companies are really using sustainability and, you know, everything else as a marketing tool, you know, is obviously in part due to this enormous, upright, you know, people power. And yeah, it's quite difficult feeling like <clears throat> you can maintain that level of, 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 of dedication actually to something, isn't it? I think something it's made me really think about is a, is why wouldn't you want to do something? Yeah, <laughs> it's, why, it's logical. Why would it? you just sense. throw things on the floor? Why would you not recycle? Why would you not 
you why would you not kind of do something to contribute i don't i i, I think it i find it quite through researching just mm -hmm. i find it quite strange that you just wouldn't do anything yeah like again going back to that thing of uh, what one of the characters says about packing their bags properly like now i'm really mindful just like little things mm -hmm. like bringing a reusable cup around with me a reusable water bottle a tote bag just like those small so little tiny. things it couldn't be easier it couldn't be easier yeah. it literally takes you no time at all yeah if you've always got one of those with you those small little changes become big things they they become accumulative and also there are however many million people in london if everyone did that the enormity of difference yeah it's it's, yeah. it's logical isn't it yeah so it's a really unreasonable you know there's no argument to that yeah things actually. things like eating less meat or no meat mm -hmm. like those sorts of things that where when you're presented with a fact and going this is not very good mm -hmm. this is bad and then almost taking a pride yeah, yeah. in in and yeah. celebrating yeah yeah it, i find it's quite bizarre, strange yeah like it's a logical conversation here's here's a suggestion about how you can contribute to the scientifically proven situation we're in and people go oh no i don't want to do that it's it's it, yeah it's it, it doesn't to me it doesn't make sense and i think that's what it that's what i find quite interesting how you're you're dealing with facts you're not dealing with an opinion you're dealing with something that actually is concrete and solid mm. so why would you oppose that and why would you actively go against yeah. it or do nothing? Yeah. I'm not sure which I, I find more frustrating, doing nothing or going against it. Well, I just find it bizarre when you're given, here's the situation we're in and here are some ways that you can help. The end. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously not. And that again, I think, comes back to the idea that the last however many years, how we've been encouraged to live, it seems to me is not with a focus on responsibility and is a focus on personal wants and you're allowed to do whatever you want, wherever you want, you know, which I, I'm not sure has quite worked out well mm, 30 yeah. years later. And it's also like, it's not like everyone's really happy, are they? You know, the sort of the mindfulness yeah. culture is a, a reaction to the way we've lived you know yeah i do think that that's that our environment the world around us contributes to how we are how we exist and how we function within that world and that those mm. things sort of go hand mm -hmm. in hand mm -hmm. if you if you don't it's going to impact what you see around you daily like like the the like when things are dirty and when things are, it's going to have an impact upon yeah. the way that you start to feel, yeah. and actually, if you change those things, it's it's, it's only a good thing. It's only a good yeah. thing, and I yeah. yeah. Well, it's like Layla, the eleven-year-old who's really precocious, says she's like, "It's literally better for you to walk." You know, this kind of childlike understanding of like, I don't know why you want to drive so much. Like, it's literally better for you. It's better for your health. It's better for the planet. You just like walk. Yeah, you know, and that, it is, and that kind of straightforward. It's... Here are two ways of doing things. Yeah. What do you hope an audience will take away? Probably a mass uprising, which leads to a complete 
<laughs> systemic change is what I'm really um, I'm pretty sure of is the uh, is no I think <laughs> um, I think it's about <coughs> holding ourselves and each other to account um, and you know we've got to change we know that we can't carry on as we have done for the last however many years because it, it's you know causing you know four degrees of warming is like game over like it's 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 London underwater it's mass mass you know millions of deaths so we've got to change we've got to something's got to give we know that so I hope the play will do its small part in really you know helping helping people get on that on the right side of that conversation which is we know we've got to change we've got to do it um, and whether that's individual changes, which we know are negligible, or whether it's, you know, making sure we're voting for people with, you know, who we believe will carry out those changes, or whether it's, you know, taking part in targeting government and corporate, at gov you know, government and corporate level. Um, so I hope the play will, you know, will do a lot to help people make make those changes and really be able to hold themselves to account to really we've got the facts we've got to we've got to do the right thing mm. really i think and i hope the play will 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 bring that home to people at whatever stage they are in the journey of sort of um a realization of of what is factually true the scientific evidence and it can only be a good thing actually for me you know the last 6 months it's about this sort of mindfulness which i know is a bit overused but actually like a growing changes to the way you live is about you know really appreciating everything we have mm -hmm. and that happiness doesn't really come from like rabid overconsumption and making all those changes and, and, and also realizing how that life is a gift actually mm. you know and we can make of it make it a really good one I guess yeah, yeah. so where can people see the play the Streatham Space Project on the 26th of November to the 1st of December. Yeah. Hello, I'm Chelsea. Hi, uh, my name is Julie. Hi, my name is James. Hello, I'm Flora. Hi, my name is Dior. My name's Robert. And I'll be performing in the play Rage But Hope. That's in partnership with Extinction Rebellion. This play in a nutshell is to spread awareness of what is happening in the world right now and what we can do as people to come together and make that change. The play is about the shock, the anger, the anxiety that a lot of people are experiencing as we realise uh, the current situation we're in, in terms of the climate catastrophe um, and the failings of government and corporations that have led us to this point. Climate change is obviously real, it's happening, you can see it around us. Let's be honest, if we as a you know, community and as a world don't pull together in the next few years, there ain't going to be a world. It doesn't just affect you, it doesn't just affect me, it doesn't just affect the protesters on the streets or the supporters of XR, this affects everyone. The play explores the empowering, uplifting elements um, of the Extinction Rebellion movement, the community it created, um, the unique effects it had on, on these eight different characters and their lives. It's also a play uh, with lots of hope and lots of humour and warmth as people read these terrifying headlines and they think, you know, how, how, how this has changed them, how, how this 
this human catastrophe um, has provoked, you know, change in a lot of people. What we need in today's world is kindness, cooperativeness, and a clear view of what is really going on. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fight in the best way we know how by spreading this information through a beautifully told, loving, touching, humorous piece and disseminating the information as best we can. The more mainstream that we can make this movement, the more people we can, you know, um, in, involve, include, you know, the more people that take to the streets, the better. Everyone needs to open their eyes to what's going on in the world. We need to tune in. And make a movement that really means something. Thank you.